free for all. You're on your own, soldier. What's been going on, Tom? You've been uh listening to any new music or anything recently? Uh nothing nothing real new. Um just same old, same old actually. Surprisingly. I've been uh I've been getting pretty heavily into all that remains again. They were one of the bands that I liked a lot in high school. Um kind of got out of the routine of listening to them and was listening to some other stuff. But uh, as you know, I, I follow Phil Labonte, the lead singer of All That Remains on Twitter. And uh, just this last week, he retweeted this story about um, about Nancy Pelosi and this whole... Uh, uh, it's a New York Times story um, that Nancy Pelosi tried to stage a military coup against Donald Trump. Um, I'm just going to read... Uh, portion of this here real quick. Uh, in a phone call to the chairman, General Mark A. Milley, Ms. Pelosi appeared to be seeking to have the Pentagon leadership essentially remove Mr. Trump from his authorities as the commander-in-chief that could be accomplished by ignoring the president's orders or slowing them by questioning whether they were issued legally. Um, and I, I think that kind of transitions into what we're wanting to talk about today. Um, in terms of the, you know, the Capitol being stormed and all the media censorship and the uh, impeachment now that's going on. Um, as everybody knows, the Capitol was stormed on January 6th by protesters uh, who appeared to be there uh, to support Trump. And they appeared to have been let in, uh, just let in by security. Um, security didn't really do much to keep them from... Um, being on the premises and actually, you know, entering the Capitol building. Um, I do know that there was one incident of uh, a cop being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, and I think he he uh, passed away from his injuries. Um, multiple protesters appear to have been linked to uh, different movements, such as Black Lives Matter, uh, the Me Too riots from earlier this year. Um, as well as the Antifa movement, um, the guy that everybody has seen all the photos of carrying Nancy Pelosi's podium out of uh, the Capitol building, that red-haired guy, actually, I think they said that he lived in Bradenton, too. Um, there's photos of him at a Black Lives Rally, or a Black Lives Matter rally from earlier this past year. Um, and then Goat Guy. <laughs> I think Goat Guy was... Uh, there's photos of him at an Antifa rally. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. I haven't I haven't heard a lot about the, uh, the you know, some of the people that pose for the, the the pictures in the Capitol. I mean, it, it all seemed kind of kind of fake. I mean, like who would do that? It's almost like they were trying to get caught, um, or like they were trying to make Trump look like a super spreader again because none of them were wearing masks. And I mean, obviously, like. Whether or not they believe in wearing masks, it probably would have been advantageous to be wearing one because obviously there's cameras in there. So I don't really know what they're expecting by going in there like that. Um, but there seems to be kind of a double standard between the uh, Capitol Swarm and some of the other protests that have been previously going on. Um, people forget that the Capitol was stormed by liberals during the confirmation hearings for Justice Kavanaugh. Um, the media acts like the MAGA supporters were the first to do it, but, uh, yeah, they were trying to say Trump was starting an insurrection, um, but we'll talk more about that later.
Yeah, I think uh, AOC tweeted out earlier today and was calling everybody uh, that stormed the Capitol white supremacists, of course, um, as she typically does. Um, yeah, and, you know, I've been saying that the, you know, the Capitol protesters had a point in storming Capitol. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that they... Uh, that they were trying to do it because of Trump. Um, they felt like they were cheated out of the election and like they were being lied to by the mainstream media about the election results. And they had to have felt like they had a right to an answer, obviously, because it, it, it's been like radio silent since the election. Uh, every single one, one of these tweets that Trump has sent, sent out or whatever was uh, reported by Twitter, basically, or taken down. Um, and, you know, people have felt like they haven't gotten any kind of real answers. And so, you know, I definitely don't think that storming the Capitol in the name of saving Donald Trump was a good idea. Like it sure as hell wouldn't be the, my first recommendation for people, you know, looking for, looking for answers. But, you know, at the same time, you definitely have to recognize that, you know, there were some 75 million people that voted for him or whatever. And, were just told that they had to accept the results the same way that the Democrats did in 2016 when Donald Trump originally run, won the presidency, where, you know, they staged riots and stuff like that for almost the following, it, it seems like two years absolutely nonstop. Yeah, the whole not my president movement. And I mean, I knew for sure, like whoever was elected this time, that a bunch of people were going to be disappointed and not consider that person the legitimate president. But yeah. Um, people just kind of lack understanding of the other side's motives. Like, imagine if you thought the elections were not legit and the leader had just been installed. What do you think you would do? I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying I would, definitely not for Trump. I, I don't like a lot of things about Trump, but you can see why somebody would want to storm the Capitol if you thought somebody was just installed and the election was not legit. You basically feel like this is almost a third world country. Yeah, it essentially, you know... Uh, what it's doing to people is it, it's taking away their faith in the system. And, you know, that's like, I, I feel like a lot of times Republicans, I feel, and I, I don't like to put it like this, but at the same time, it's the truth it is Republicans have been losing this war against the left for a very, very long time now. It, it's not anything new. The fact that Donald Trump actually won the presidency, you know, was, was pretty surprising and almost a wild card to literally everybody, including the right, because they have been losing this battle for so long. But uh, Republicans are losing the battle by uh, giving in to the, the leftist mainstream media, pushing a narrative and basically forcing the Republicans to go along with it. Because if, if they don't, then they're getting censored, they're getting impeached, their, uh, you know, their jobs. And I, I'm even seeing stories that some uh, congressmen and women are fearing for their lives now because they think if they don't go along with the, the mainstream media narrative of the left that uh, they're going to be killed for it. And, you know, like that, it, it gets very, very dangerous and sketchy at that point you know like it it causes people to lose faith in the system when they're when you're talking about now your own uh legislators are fearing for their lives that they don't go along with uh with leftist media's agenda 
like that it it's pretty bad you know yeah i mean if people are only really concerned about that um they should really look into some more things because they'd be a really uh fearing for their lives probably or like fearing for their futures basically if they looked into some of the other stuff that uh you know the government does and congress votes for yeah and uh you know, so going going back to this whole uh, New York Times story that Phil had retweeted from the, uh, you know, uh, that story also goes into detail about you know the impeachment that's going on right now. Um, the story talks about, or the story goes goes on to say that um, the Pentagon and Joint Chiefs of Staff basically told Nancy Pelosi no, it, it's unconstitutional to. Uh, to do that so we're not going to do it you're on your own and nancy pelosi essentially had no other option uh at that point other than trying to go forward with articles of impeachment again um so far the the articles have been pretty rushed like obviously i think she she announced it on monday morning that she was going to produce article or that she was going to pursue articles of impeachment and then it was basically like yesterday and today they were like voting on it essentially um, to push it forward, to approve it or whatever. And I think send it to the Senate and um, yes, you know, uh, it's kind of, you know, it makes you think like, do they really care about us? Because at the same time, you know, they rush these articles of impeachment and they had them produced, you know, within a week Meanwhile, the the same left spent all of the coronavirus pandemic so far fighting over how much of our tax money to give us. And, you know, uh, I mentioned in the last episode that Nancy Pelosi was claiming that she was for high, these higher stimulus checks and then got up on her podium and told us how $600 was somehow substantial and everything. And so it's like, you know, you argued about that for... The entirety of last year cost millions of Americans their jobs, their homes, their businesses, and then you turn around and you rush articles of impeachment and have them done within a week. And it's like that's that sh- it, that should put it into perspective where the left's uh, priorities lie. Their priorities have never been the American people. Their priorities have always been uh, bettering themselves, bettering. Uh, uh, the lives of uh, Democrats. They they don't care about anybody else but themselves, and, and that goes for both sides. It's it's not just the left. The Republicans do this too. Yeah, I mean it's pretty crazy. Like you look at all there's like all these super rich people that are liberal, and um, you know it's always like kind of like the stereotype like rich people want to vote Republican, like save money in taxes and all this. But I mean when you're talking about like the mega rich level, like jeff bezos and bill gates and all that most of these people are democrats just because they have to vote or you know give money to certain people basically to get favors done for them uh whether it be on the local level or the national level um but that's just how it works like it's pretty much just like a club for rich people and they act like they help poor people all the time and the more you look into the economics it's completely the opposite and the more, you know, you look at a graph of what has been the involvement and what has been, you know, 
would have all the actions been done to try to curtail people from becoming billionaires and from having monopolies if you look at a timeline of that involvement versus the standard of living or like the prices of uh, I'm sorry the poverty rates and you know the prices of goods and stuff it's all gone way up and it's it it's the exact opposite of what they say it's pretty crazy yeah and see that the this whole impeachment deal is it is very hypocritical of the left to do too because they when did Amy Coney Barrett get confirmed like what two and a half months ago something like that and, I think way before that. Yeah, I thought it was in like September, October. I'm not sure. Um, when Amy Coney Barrett got confirmed, uh, several months earlier, uh, she got confirmed because it was a constitutional duty to appoint a new justice. It it wasn't being rushed. It's the fact that it, it was a con. It in order to follow the constitution, that needed to be done. And but for some reason the uh, Republicans were rushing to get a new justice confirmed. Uh, they called it packing the Supreme Court, and it's like you know uh, Obama did the same thing under his presidency, and they didn't say a word about it. You know th that was you know everybody had to deal with it. Uh, this is what you know he he wanted to do it, and he, it's his constitutional duty to do it. But then the next president doesn't. All of a sudden there's an issue. It, and the the fact that they're now turning around and pivoting from that and coming back to try and impeach Donald Trump after a failed first impeachment because they had absolutely no backing factual backing or evidence to prove to prove what they're talking about you know they're coming back now for a second impeachment and it's like Donald Trump would be leaving office next week but instead now it's this this process or whatever because they have to embarrass him on his way out yeah it's almost like a pissing match um I think it's just a, you know, a total, you know, attempt to take over, a total beatdown. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like when you think about it, there's so much disagreement and not a lot of unity, even though they talk about it. I mean, there's there's no possible way that everybody's gonna really believe the same thing, especially in a country that's this big. Yeah, they brought about this impeachment because of the fact that they claimed that Donald Trump was inciting violence. He was in, he incited the riot. It was it was pre-planned. He he had people plan it. Uh, he planned for there to be mass amounts of violence and for people to, you know, hurt people and, and all this other stuff. And uh, Donald Trump released this this uh, video, or I think it was a video attached to a tweet, basically saying that he condemned the violence and that, uh, you know, he told them to go home. And that tweet was immediately censored and uh, deleted by Twitter. And then Twitter decides to drop the ban hammer on him and completely remove him from the platform. Uh, so, you know, he's he's pretty much been in hiding. Nobody's really even heard anything from him uh, since all of this happened because it, that ban came in conjunction with uh, a ban on Facebook um, a couple hours later. It didn't take too long. And then it's like one by one, all these different media outlets and... Uh, uh, social media platforms started either censoring him or completely banning him. He's he's banned on Twitch. He's banned on I think LinkedIn and all all these other different social media platforms. And uh, it I I want to connect that back to this point that I made earlier about the fact that the right continues to lose, and this is why. 
Donald Trump did exactly what the left wanted him to do. He condemned the violence or whatever and proved on on the, you know to the rest of the world that his supporters could be quote unquote violent. And that's exactly what the leftist media wanted to do. And you know how they thanked him? They banned him on every social media platform. And now all of his supporters on are on no-fly lists because they're terrorists. Um, they're trying to get... Uh, the left is now pushing uh, uh, some sort of law to basically put um, Trump supporters on no-fly lists and uh, like just essentially travel ban them, ban them from ever doing anything ever again. Um, solely because they supported Trump, I, I guess that automatically makes them white supremacists now. Um, yeah. Um, just locally, I saw that a uh, guy that I, I don't know if he's the owner, but he you know manages social media for a gun store, and he said that uh, his account was uh, closed out by Chase Bank, basically because he was associated with that gun store. Um, so, I mean, they don't, they don't want your business anymore for some reason. It's, it's pretty crazy. The, the official charges against Trump are for incitement of insurrection. Um, all the Democrats voted to impeach Trump alongside 10 Republicans. Does that say that they think there is an insurrection issue with Trump, but not BLM? Because, uh, what's her name? Dianne Feinstein had the Chinese spy for the, what was it, the chauffeur or whatever? And uh, Swalwell had the Chinese spy that was uh, like a sexual partner. Oh, yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah, I mean, both huge Democrats. And, of course, they are in condemnation of Trump, um, even though they're way more compromised. Um, but it's also ironic because uh, convicted domestic terrorist Susan Rosenberg is now a BLM fundraising leader. And they don't condemn her. I mean, she was caught with thousands of pounds of explosives, and she was sentenced to 58 years in prison, but only served 16 because she was pardoned. Pardoned by who? Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Yet the MSM and Democrats have nothing to say about this, only Trump. They only want to bash on Trump. And, you know, I guess when you, when you get banned from a social media platform like that, the first thing people are going to try to do is create some sort of uh alternative for themselves we always talk about you know as libertarians you talk about the free market and everything how free market competition is always a good thing because you, when one thing dies another thing is born and uh, something else always comes out of it so this media censorship and everything that's been occurring on facebook and twitter and instagram and all, all these other different social media platforms uh, gave birth to Parler, uh, that a lot of you know MAGA supporters started uh, switching over to. Uh, I even know there's a lot, quite a few libertarians that were on that platform as well. I know Eric July was uh, from the band Backwards was on it. Um, Phil Abonte is on it. And I talked about him earlier. Uh, several different libertarian supporters and celebrities or whatever are on there, uh, but. You know, Democrats made pretty short work of that alternative, too. Uh, Parler's now been banned from the App Store and from Google Play. And you could still download uh, the app from their website for a short time after that had happened. But uh, Parler, for some 
reason unbeknownst to me decided that for some reason it would be a good idea to use Amazon as uh, an ISP. Yeah, AWS. Or, or yeah, and, and use Amazon servers essentially to host their app and Amazon banned them from using their web services. So the app is completely gone. I mean, like, I still have the app on my phone, but it's essentially an, an empty app. You can open it, but there's there's nothing there. Yeah, I mean, on top of this, they were supposedly hacked, and there was, or I don't know about hacked, but, like, somebody, you know, gave themselves permissions and, like, found some sort of loophole. And, uh, you know, a lot of user information got leaked, and this is probably in the wrong hands, etc. So if anyone out there has Parler, I highly suggest, you know, changing your email password and some other passwords if you share that with Parler. I did hear that they're in the process of finding a new, a new uh, provider though to host their their site, right? Uh, yeah, supposedly they're looking out for a new, uh, a new host. Um, so I mean, hopefully they can find a good host, and uh, if their internet service provider doesn't shut down on them as well, um, and they still have their website, yeah, I mean, people like people to work with them. I mean, didn't. I don't know. I, th- I think all their lawyers backed off too. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's crazy. You got to find everybody new from the ground up. They almost have to do everything in house. But uh, th- I mean, this will be good. Uh, maybe this is what we need to rebuild. Um, you know. Have, have you heard of any solutions to the the whole censorship problem? <laughs> is this something that's going to last, or or are there any? solutions either long or short short term to to combat this i mean i don't i don't hear a lot of solutions I, mostly i hear from the right and uh probably some democrats as well uh to repeal section 230 which allows internet companies to be immune from recourse um you know immune in the court of law basically from anything their users do or say um the problem with this is, if you repeal this, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think these companies are going to try to let people do whatever and have free speech? You're not going to restore free speech by doing this. I think it's just going to increase fact-checking. It's almost like a backdoor thing that Republicans, I don't know if they notice it or not, or if they're just conning people, but um, I'm sure people have noticed the fact-checks and CDC information about any you know posts you make on social media it's on literally everything now you can you can't make a post on a single social media platform without it getting tagged for false information yeah and i'm sure there's going to be some link uh, link to a wikipedia article or something in this video but i i see a lot um you go on youtube and you watch a video about climate change like no matter what the agenda is in the video what they're trying to push through in your head uh there's always that wikipedia article at the bottom that says oh click here if you want to learn more like and it has like a few sentences like climate change is the you know the increase in temperature or whatever and you can't escape it they don't want that liability um and also free speech that needs to be protected is not always agreeable speech so i don't i don't think that these companies with liability are going to want to be putting out things that aren't agreeable Although I think that they're ultimately doing a bad business move by, um, you know, censoring people and kicking them off. Um, the other solution 
really, like we were talking about before, is kind of the typical libertarian or free market argument. Um, let's just let the companies do what they want. Yeah, it's um, like now all of a sudden the left cares about letting private companies do what they want when, you know, just this week they're saying, oh yeah, now we're going to nationalize a $15 minimum wage because we're going to let private companies do what they want, but now they have to pay us more than they want to pay us because that somehow makes sense. Yeah, and with businesses shutting down, that $15 an hour definitely isn't going to help. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't condone anything that they're doing. I don't I don't like that the fact that they're kicking people off their platforms. Like I said, I think it's a bad business practice in the long run to alienate people. Ultimately, conservatives down the road are not going to want to sign up for Twitter, and I already know a lot of people are deleting their accounts or whatever. Um, I'm already inactive. You deleted your Facebook. Um, and I, I try to have very limited use on social media when it comes to posting stuff to the public. Um, I mean, it, I mean, I know it's painful uh, to have to be deplatformed and not have a social media or a voice for some people. I mean, especially Trump. I mean, this is definitely a hard time. Um, but eventually, you know, like I said, there's going to be internet service providers and, uh, like you said, 75 million people. There's going to want to be internet service providers, uh, website hosts, all Eric this other July's infrastructure. Talking about uh, Elon Musk is going to be going to be the one that does it. He, Elon Musk, is now officially the richest man in the world. He finally passed Bill Gates, and uh, Elon's kind of that guy that's just. Like he just might be crazy enough to do it. He's yeah, he's very. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's not as politically involved as people like to think he is. He because he's a businessman. He's got all these different projects going on. You know, he's got the Boring Company. He's got SpaceX. He has Tesla. Um, he's got all these different projects that he's working on, and uh, you know he he doesn't tend to take his focus off of those kinds of things. However when he does take his focus off of those things and, you know, look at what's going on in the world, he he tends to go against the grain. He tends to be somebody that the left doesn't want to talk because it's not necessarily that he speaks out against the leftist propaganda constantly. It's it's more so the fact that they they can't control him and they know he's an outlier. They know he's somebody that kind of thinks for himself and likes to stir the pot and might just be the one that, you know, decides, hey, I'm going to open my own social media app and everything and, and starts, you know, plugging that to all these different people. And then before you know it, Twitter and Facebook are complete failures because they lost their user base to Elon Musk's new social media app and everything. And then the left no longer has control over, over you know, over what people think and what people see on social media that that control is completely gone at that point so you know there's there's a lot of speculation right now that he might be the one to do it he had and i'm not saying that he's expressly said uh that he would be the one to do it but if there were somebody that would come out of the woodwork and, and do something like that i think that's who it would be yeah i mean you said he's just that crazy i don't even think you have to be crazy you just have to be smart for one he definitely make and a lot of money off of it too i could definitely tell you that that's what i'm saying like i mean 
Trump or yeah, like 75 million people voted for Trump. And uh, I mean, even if like 10 million of those people are the one that the ones that get deplatformed and are fed up with it and want to, you know, go on different social media and all this other stuff. I mean, there's going to be somebody out there willing to make this platform and profit off of it. And, That's just and how see, it works. What, what people need to start realizing is that social media platforms like Twitter, uh, the whole reason that Twitter is popular is that they found a niche part of the social media market that hadn't been exploited by anybody else. And that niche was the fact that they shortened conversation instead of, uh, you know, these Facebook posts that are paragraphs upon paragraphs long and everything. They shorten the conversation. They give you, what, 250 characters or something like that to write a tweet and everything and say what's on your mind. It's, it's very, very limited. Obviously, you can thread tweets together now. But the whole idea was to shorten conversation for it to kind of be like texting but with a social media platform. And... You know, that made Twitter unique because there was not a single other social media network that did that. And that's why Twitter has dominated that portion of the market space for so long now. But the problem is that because Twitter has done so well at dominating that portion of the market, there's absolutely no other competition. And if there were to be competition in that space, you know, if that competition did a very, very good job at creating their app, Twitter's one alternative away from being completely obsolete if a competitor yes. ever came out with a social media network that mimicked the way that twitter worked and people started flocking to it in numbers because it was the new and cool thing to have or simply because the social media network didn't necessarily follow the same uh, uh privacy guidelines and censorship and everything that twitter and facebook engage in um you know if that became popular and people started flocking to that uh twitter would be wiped off the face of the earth it would be gone it, it wouldn't be an it wouldn't be a thing anymore and i don't think people quite understand that and we're seeing that we're even seeing that played out now because what's happening is that since twitter announced this whole ban of donald trump from uh from the app you know people have just been deleting their twitter accounts um and because of that twitter has seen a massive drop um, with their stocks in the stock market, people are selling them like crazy. They want nothing to do with them because Twitter's on its way out. And I think that's another, I guess, I wouldn't say a thing to be excited about, but something that conservatives and libertarians can look at, you know, as a light at the end of the tunnel is the fact that, you know, if we let them keep doing what they're doing, if we let them keep censoring us, if if we if there's another mass exodus from their platform, they're done. And there's nothing they're going to be able to do to stop it because it's the hole that they're digging themselves into. Yeah, I mean, it's not even really like letting yourself being censored. It's letting yourself not be censored and just like kind of evading it by, like, like we said, finding another platform and uh, building it up from the ground up because it will eventually get better and... I mean, one thing's for sure is, you know, I don't trust the government to s secure free speech it, because it already doesn't. I mean, there's no free speech in, you know, state college campuses. That's all government subsidized. It's supposed to be like a great, you know, place where you're supposed to learn and explore new ideas. But all they do is shut it down and promote pretty much Marxist ideas. And uh, 
you know, there's no representation for, you know, the common man or uh, really any free speech in Congress. Like, you know, you say the wrong thing and you lose the donors and it's it's all about money up there, really. It's, it's crazy. And see, the right, the right is also not immune to this either because the right does the same thing. The, the, the right claim to be the ones that fight for liberty-minded individuals, but at the same type, the time, the right has been advocating policy that's diametrically opposed to what they're saying to everybody else. And that's that they ad- advocate for liberty, they advocate for uh, government that doesn't interfere in your daily life, they advocate for lower taxes, they advocate for all this different stuff, and yet um, they're out here passing more gun control laws they're they're out here doing all this stuff that is completely contradicting to what they tell everybody else and so you know it it definitely goes both ways it's it's not solely uh democrats that do this it's definitely republicans too i mean if you want to highlight more hypocrisy on the right you know the the funniest one that i've seen recently is this whole um Obviously, it's not funny that uh, a police officer died in this whole Capitol riot, but it's, you know, MAGA three three months ago was back to blue and everything, and now they're out here assaulting police officers and everything. So, <laughs> you know, you can't, you definitely can't have one or the other. You can't be sitting here flying a, a back to blue. And actually, they, they, they were doing that at the rally. They had back to blue flags and everything, and at the same time, it literally, you can see in photos, they're, like, put shoving the police officers and everything that were on mm-hmm. the front lines. And so it's like, you know, back to blue went out the window pretty quickly. But uh, the one thing that I want everybody to, to kind of understand is that, you know, social media is definitely slanted to the left. You know, mainstream media is slanted to the left. You know, they're all, they're all slanted in favor of, you know, liberal ideals. Makes them but, money. Yeah, it, it makes them a lot of money. It sells stories. They make clickbait links and, and all this stuff. Yeah. And all it does is divide everybody further and get people pissed off enough that they believe it and they lose a rational line of thinking. And, you know, that's how they consistently win is that they get people to think with their emotions rather than looking at uh, looking at evidence and factual information. They They can only back up arguments with emotion. And so the one thing that I want people to understand is that this whole censorship thing goes both ways. Um, uh, Think of censorship like a pendulum, and pendulums swing back and forth. And so right now, that pendulum is swinging swinging in the direction of censorship to the right. But what happens when all of those dissenting right voices uh, are gone, and certain people on the left start to wake up and realize what's happening. All these people that uh, parrot the left the the leftist agenda but don't really give any kind of thought as to what they're doing. They're kind of just robots. What happens when those people stop being robots and they start to realize what's happening? Do they now get censored as well? Um, the pendulum swings both ways. And so eventually, you know, that pendulum is going to come back to bite them in the ass. It... it you know, it, if they lose control over what they're trying to control, you know, they haven't achieved the, the end game that they want. And so, you know, I think that a lot of people overlook the fact that it could very well just happen to them. You know, uh, they the left wants to laugh at the, laugh at the conservatives that uh, are getting censored here left and right. But, you know, 
one dissenting voice from the left and they could be censored too. You know, the thing that people need to realize is that the government, all the, uh, the government's only concern is to keep their power. That's all that they care about. They don't care about you or me. Uh, they don't care about uh, helping us through the coronavirus pandemic or any of this other stuff that they like to claim that they do. Um, they simply do not care. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, it's all hypocrisy. It's like the the extreme left is everything that they say the extreme right is. They say the extreme right, see libertarians, they say, you know, whatever you are, um, conservative. You know, they say that you favor the rich people and you love the rich people, but the extreme left, I mean, all it is is the rich people are the government. The rich people have all the power to dictate whatever goes on in your life, and they have all the money. And so, you know, in terms of this whole censorship deal, you know, is there a way out of it? Do it? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere? Uh, is there a way that that this stops? And is there a way that it stops without coming to blows and and people resorting to an all-out civil war violence? And it's one thing that Eric July talked about on his podcast called uh, "For Canon's Sake." I definitely recommend everybody go and check that out um, if you're liberty-minded like I am. Um, the spot where Eric July said that libertarians can win the battle was spot on. And he said that spot is definitely culture. And when you talk about culture, you're talking about, you know, um, being able to change people's outlook on things, being able to educate people who may be parrot liberal agenda without giving any real thought as to what's going into that, as to, you know, what the repercussions of doing things like, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are advocating for like they think solely based off of emotion and so I think if, if they would take a step back and actually think logically and look at um, factual information and evidence and everything that libertarians can start to change people's minds but you're not going to change people's minds by insulting them and constantly arguing with them and everything and simply saying they're wrong you have to you have to be able to see things from their point of view and try to educate them and so that's where libertarians can start to win the battle is be be a part of culture change people's mindsets help educate them be a resource uh you know you definitely know more about the economic side of things um in terms of you know the finance stock market that kind of thing you know more about that than i do i'm the i'm the one that's got uh, background in international affairs and homeland security and government agency and that kind of thing and everything. So I can be a resource for that. But, you know, and it's not even just that, you know, you can't let politics obviously rule over your entire life. You have to branch out and be a part of different things, do different things. Um, you know, you and I both are heavily into cars. Um, some people are into video games. Some people like music. You know, be a part of these other different subcultures where you can start getting this message out to people, this message of liberty and hope through all of the craziness that we see going on in this country right now. And it, it kind of, Eric circled it back to the uh, his, band's, his band Backwards or whatever. He circled it back to the song Be Great. He said, that's what that song is about. He said, don't just be good. Don't be, don't settle for being mediocre. Be great. Be great at everything that you do and, you know, make an effort to help other people. 
Yeah, just become a positive force in somebody else's life and, you know, te teach them something. Don't, uh, you know, don't make them hate themselves like a lot of these left left-wing people do. Yeah. And I, uh, I definitely think that if, if libertarians can start winning on that front, winning on the culture front and, uh, helping people and educating them that, you know, things will start to look up and, and we may start to see a brighter light at the end of the tunnel from all of this. But, uh, I think that's all we had for this week. Um, thanks for listening guys. Make sure to like, and, uh, Follow us on Spotify. That's where we're rolling this out first. Um, I'm sure we'll have other streaming platforms to follow from that. Um, we'll be back next week with something else for you guys. Uh, obviously, that depends on what unfolds through the rest of this week, but the United States definitely has nothing short of uh, good content to cover uh, as of late. So I'm sure we'll find something that the mainstream media doesn't really cover. But uh, until then, we'll see you all next week. Peace. See you guys.